Good morning. It is uh, 11.07. Uh, boy, I'm looking at a, a piece in the Washington Examiner about this bank collapse. We talked about it earlier in the program. In fact, we opened talking about this. Uh, SVB collapse, bank fallout, shines spotlight on, are you ready for this? $620 billion hole in the banking sector. I suggested that uh, this this... This will affect some banks, but not most banks. Uh, but based on this story, I'm, I'm seeing where this could be a problem. Credit Suisse is in trouble, too, uh, for a slightly different reason, but they're in trouble. Fallout, writes the Washington Examiner, from the Silicon Valley bank collapse, has directed attention to a $620 billion ticking time bomb in the banking system that has the potential to spell doom for the financial system. Their meltdown was partly caused by a chasm between its assets and what they were worth in the market. Eventually, the bank started to sell some of those assets. And that's what scared investors and triggered a run on the bank. But they aren't alone. Banks across the country were sitting on $620 billion worth of unrealized potential losses at the end of last year. Um, and, and this is from the Federal uh, Deposit Insurance Corporation. The whole illustrates why authorities at the Federal Reserve, the Treasury uh, Department, and the FDIC were so eager to stave off contagious or panic spread from that uh, SVB demise. The reason for the predicament is that the banks compiled a plethora of bonds and treasuries during uh, the times when the interest rates were hovering near zero. But now the Federal Reserve has begun jacking up rates in an effort to combat inflation, and that has caused many of those assets to plunge in value. Um, this is because the higher interest rates mean that new bonds accrue higher rates of returns for investors. So older bonds have comparatively lower rates of return, and they're less desirable for investors, and it's triggering a plunge in the value of the older bonds. $620 billion of unrealized losses. Overall equity, $2.2 trillion. If a run on the banks would happen, it could be fatal, even for several large U.S. banks like J.P. Morgan and Citibank. The crisis, they say, is not over. The Treasury simply bought some time. So this could actually spread and get worse. And I would, frankly, I would tell you that if it does, if, if uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Citibank end up in trouble, oh, then the whole banking system is in trouble. And it will take taxpayer dollars. What I think the Fed's trying to do right now is, is uh, say, look, uh, if anything happens, we got you covered. So you don't have to run to the bank and start pulling your money out. And if, if people don't buy this, if, if uh, investors are looking at this and going, yeah, I don't care, I'm going to get my money out anyway, then we start the cascade. 
A, uh, a consequence of the $620 billion uh, unrealized potential loss phenomenon is that banks may quickly find themselves with less cash on hand than their books might have suggested. Taking note of the liquidity uh, needs of the bank, the Federal Reserve announced plans to offer banks a facility to help them uh, help their depositors withdrawals. The government has also moved to backstop depositors at uh, the SVB bank uh, in hopes of curtailing panic from their demise from rippling across the industry. So this could, in fact, get worse. And I'll tell you, this story about Credit Suisse is also important. Because a lot of people not quite understanding the difference will think this is part of the problem. Credit Suisse shares on Monday reached new record lows, falling as much as 15% as investors continue to hammer away at the stock of the Swiss banking giant after the collapse of banks in the United States. While that SVB financial uh, and signature bank collapse uh, in the wake of the downturn in the uh, technology and crypto sectors, as interest rates rise, Credit Suisse difficulties have been of their own making. Uh, it's, a, it's a slightly different problem for them, but the fact that it's happening right now, uh, it just compounds the image that all the banks are in trouble. Brian, this is going to be a, a kind of a bumpy ride. Yes, it is. It sure seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get out of this as smoothly as I thought even this morning. Uh, and it's got to it's going to end up. I don't care what the president says. It's going to it's going to end up costing uh, cost uh, costing taxpayer dollars. And it, and he brought this on. You know, everybody wants to. Well, not everybody, but a lot of Democrats want to want to uh, blame Donald Trump. And to a certain extent, he did. He did contribute, but the big slam came when Biden got in office. He's the one that sent out all those checks, thousands of dollars, when the economy was already in recovery. I think he was trying to politically say, hey, you know, uh, Trump left me a bad economy. I'm going to fix it. Instead, he triggered this massive inflation. And as I pointed out this morning, now the Federal Reserve is between a rock and a hard place. They may actually have to lower inflation, or I'm sorry, lower interest rates in order to control this banking problem. And when they do that, they will continue to encourage inflation. And, and they're stuck this way because the administration didn't help. They didn't help. They could have. They could have cut spending, but they wouldn't because they thought it would get them votes because they don't understand economics at all. Oh, Lord, the trouble we're in. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you caught this, but Mr. I'm Against Oil has approved the Willow Project. The Trump administration uh, supported ConocoPhillips uh, when they wanted to do this Willow Project, drilling for oil in northern Alaska. Um, a judge blocked the Biden administration from supporting it. They said uh, inconsiderate, uh, insufficient consideration of its effect on climate change. This is all brought up by the left. But now 
the administration is pursuing it. And it is cynically just for political purposes. Election time is coming, and that's why Biden's administration is going to let the Willow Project go through. I'll explain the connection next on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes. No, it's not. It's 19 minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us on the Gary Nolan Show. So the Biden administration has uh, gone after this Willow Project, the drilling for oil in Alaska. They've decided that they're in favor of this. Uh, In the meantime, uh, people in the hard left are not so happy. Christy uh, Goldfuss is a senior vice president uh, for a group called Center for American Progress. Gee, wonder what side of the political spectrum they're on. When approved, it'll define the country's energy future for the next 30-plus years, while having no impact on the pain that Americans are currently feeling at the pump. Well, actually, it does have a positive effect. I'll explain that in a minute. But why did the Biden administration suddenly decide they're in favor of drilling uh, for oil in Alaska? Well, because the Democrats want to win. Politically, they see this as an opportunity to do so. Now they can say, you know, we're, we're fighting to keep energy prices down. We've just said, go ahead and drill. Uh, They may alienate some people on the far left, but most people will see that as perhaps a bit of a break in the price of energy. Eco-conscious voters were initially looking forward to Biden's desire to achieve various climate goals. However, that's no longer the case, according to the New York Times. ConocoPhillips had initially proposed the Willow Project during the Trump presidency, over time, the, product, the project would produce more than 600 million barrels of oil over the course of the next 30 years. Now, these people on the left are saying it won't affect the price of gasoline, but it will. If you can send a signal that you are going to let uh, oil companies drill and produce, that will instantly start having a positive effect on the cost of oil. Now, I'm not sure that the oil companies are looking at this and going, oh, this is a change in direction. But voters might. If the president gets up on the podium and says, look, we've, we've really gone about this all wrong. We're going to encourage people to drill. And this is the first step the price of gasoline will come down. And it won't, it, 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 it's not like it'll take 30 years or 10 years or five years. It could happen virtually overnight. That's what the laws of supply and demand do. On uh, the money supply, why am I not surprised, Brian, that Les would call on the money supply? I'm not sure. Usually he calls on education, doesn't he? Uh, no, no. That, <laughs> he usually calls on money supply. Uh, but he's been following it, so he's up next. Les, welcome. How are you? Well, on education, I would ag- 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 I would say the superintendent of the Columbia School District needs to be fired immediately. Now, with uh, the Biden administration emptying the strategic oil reserves, the J-6 tapes coming out, the Biden crime family, Ukraine war going on, how to fund NATO collapsing, uh, riots in Europe. What do we need now? 
We need our money system to collapse. And we've talked about this for 30, 40, 50, 100 years since 1913 at the creation of it. All banks are bankrupt because of the fractional money system. Now, you said the debt driver is the creation of fiat money. Well, the debt driver is actually when people pay interest back to a fiat currency. This is hard assets. The interest that's paid back to these uh, uh, suedo creation of money, that's hard assets. The whole system has got to change. All the right, whole less, system less, 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 less. I'm going to stop you for a minute. Uh, I brought this up earlier this morning. I talked about fractional reserve banking. Yep. 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 Can you oh. explain that to listeners in a way that somebody who has no idea what it is yes, would understand? Uh, I think so. Uh, Janet Yellen has said that the Federal Reserve will cover all deposits. What are they going to cover that with? They have no real assets. It's all created out of thin air. And, and it's all fiat, it's all bogus. There are no as hard assets backing our money system. All right, let me, let me do it this way so that maybe if we work together we can explain it And because uh, I don't think you're actually uh, heading in the right direction yet. So suppose right. you have a bank, mm -hmm. and I go to you and I say, I've got $1,000, I want to put it in a savings account. Yep, yep. Okay, and Brian comes to you and says, I want to borrow... <laughs> Five thousand dollars. Yep, yep. I'll write out a I'll, I'll write out a script and say, Brian, here you go. What bank you want me to send this to? But you, I have no cash. I've got a thousand dollar cash. But you want five thousand dollars? I'll say, sure, Brian, and wink and a nod, and and I will say, uh, you want to put that on a credit card because we're going to put that in your account, and it's not real. But you think it's real because of the fractional banking system, I can create a lot of stuff. How, I, how I want the cash him, now. How are you, you want, giving him thousands of dollars? It's, it's, it's fiat. I, I write you a check. It's not real cash. I write you a check, and another bank will, will cover that because I have taken your money and put it in my bank, and I call it an asset you call it an asset, but I call it an asset. When I lend nothing to Brian but $5,000, that's an asset. I call your $1,000 a liability. So are you your taking my $1,000 and giving it all to him? No, I'm giving him five times as much. <laughs> and I have created an asset for my bank, even though it's not real. But your money, that real $1,000 that you gave me in cash, that is, is a, a negative that is that is not an asset to me. That is a liability because I've got to pay you back. But Brian's going to pay me in, in, in real cash, real interest, and I'm making $4,000 for doing nothing. Well, you're not today. doing nothing. I mean, you're, you're giving him the money he needs for whatever he wants, and you're mm -hmm. collecting uh, interest. That's, yep. that's what he pays for the uh, for the loan, you're giving me a small fraction of that in in, in, in my yeah, interest. That's your liability, uh, and you're pocketing the rest. But you've yeah. turned a thousand dollars into a couple of thousand dollars uh, because you haven't given him all of my thousand. No, I haven't given him any of your thousand. Any of it. How do you think that the federal federal government can go to the Federal Reserve, which is not federal and they have no reserves, and say, I want a trillion dollars? 
They don't have, the Federal Reserve does not have a trillion dollars, but they're creating it and says, here you go, spend it as, as you will. And we, the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service does not work for the federal government. It works for the Federal Reserve private banking, and they collect money, IRS, to pay the interest for the federal federal government. The Federal Reserve doesn't want that trillion dollars back. They just want the interest off of it, the hard assets off it. And in the end, it will all be liquidated as bankrupt. That's what happened in the 30s, 40s, the 2008. We have bankruptcies to get rid of that $5,000 that I gave to Brian. He can't pay it back. So we say, Brian, uh, you're bankrupt because I'm going to take every hard asset you got from something I created out of thin air. It's highway robbery. Bankers are the only entity in the universe that can create something out of nothing except God. And in the end, Brian, I'm going to have everything that you bought with that Fiat $5,000. Brian, spend that money wisely, will you? Oh, yeah. absolutely will, yes. Uh, no no electric vehicles. No electric <laughs> vehicles. I want your house. I want your land. I want your firstborn as collateral. Well, maybe not your firstborn, but you get what I mean. Don't yeah, buy an right. electric vehicle. Les, thank you for helping you to explain it. it. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> we tried uh, to explain this. But they they just keep a fraction of what you give them, and then they they literally loan out money they don't have, um, and and that's how you end up with, eventually with a run of the bank. Uh, somebody wants to, a bunch of people want to take their money out of the savings account. Kind of reminds me of the uh, Christmas movie "It's a Wonderful Life." <laughs> yes, <laughs> when the mortgage company didn't have the funds. Yeah, that's that's what happens. There's the run on the banks. I uh, I got a message here, Brian, and uh, let me see. This this actually came into my Zimmer account, and I'm not sure that we have um, the authority to, to read this. It comes from Rick Rowland, and uh, he sent it, and I looked at it. You think he's know. trying to sneak one by on us or something? Well, it, it could be. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it has to do with uh, debates uh, for elections. And speaking of uh, elections, apparently uh, some school board candidates were uh, interviewed uh, by the Columbia Missourian, but apparently they didn't they didn't bother to interview Chuck Basie. Oh, just an oversight, I'm sure. You, you think that's it? Yeah, that's all it? it was. Oh, okay. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. It sounded to me like they were deliberate. Maybe. No, they wouldn't do that to Chuck. Yeah, no, yeah, you're you're probably right, uh, but then again, who knows? All right, we'll get to that among other things on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 11.35. Glad to have you with us. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. Uh, let me do this. We'll go to inflation, and then we'll talk about Chuck Basie. 
Uh, Don, welcome to the program. How are you this morning? Well, I'm great, thank you, and thank guys for the service. I'd like to discuss actually three things. I'd like to talk about history, insanity, and inflation. We've all heard the expression that those who do not remember the mistakes of history are doomed to repeat them. We've also all heard that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I will suggest that about 40 years ago, we had a president named Jimmy Carter. And then we came forward to two years ago and we elected the same person in different clothing. And now we have inflation. And that's the definition of insanity and forgetting the lessons of history. Uh, so you're saying that uh, Carter is totally responsible for what happened um, in the no, late 70s? I'm, I'm saying that, the, yes, yes, basically Carter was totally responsible, and Biden is sort of totally responsible now, but it's not really his fault. We as a society elected him. Yeah, I think the problem that we experienced in the 70s actually started uh, with Johnson, um, oh, yes, clearly. That's they, where it started. Yeah. But Carter theoretically could have stopped it, and instead of stopping it, he made it worse. Yeah, we're, we're in a place right now where I've never, uh, to the best of my knowledge, where we've never quite been in. And we are here, and this is what makes it different. Uh, you can't keep raising interest rates because the banks will fail. And you can't stop raising interest rates because inflation will take hold. All of that's absolutely true. But what's the root cause? I've read many years ago that uh, the downfall of democracy occurs when the populace learns it can vote itself largesse from the public treasury. You're full of good quotes today, I'll tell you that, and every one of them well, I like. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's what we're doing. Where it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. Thanks, Thanks, Don. For the Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah. This 2% inflation thing, that's their goal. It shouldn't be the goal. It, it 2% inflation annually, which is the goal, means that the government is willing to take 2% of the money that's in your possession on an annual basis. If you were getting 2% in a, a, a return on an investment, you'd be breaking even. If you're getting a 1% return, you'd be losing money. 2% is the target because it's just small enough that it doesn't jump out at you. Uh, but it does enable the federal government to continue to go deeper and deeper in debt. And to spend more and more. If you didn't have the government controlling the money supply through the Federal Reserve and, and uh, uh, the, the FD, uh, uh, the Federal Deposit Insurance Company and, and uh, the Treasury, you could have virtually no interest, uh, no inflation. Prices might go up for rare goods. There's a shortage on something. The prices might might go up. But otherwise... Really, 
no uh, no real big increase, no increase at all. We have inflation for one reason and one reason alone. That 2% that, they, that is their goal, that they're missing by more than twice, that is because the government, the federal government, is printing cash, creating it. And they're good with it. It's okay. We, it, it's, a, it's actually a tax increase. It's a tax increase. The more we spend, the more we have to print to cover what we have to pay back. So it's a tax hike. And you don't even know it. You don't even know it. It is a dirty business. It really is. Uh, Sharon says, I have a year left on my mortgage. I'm paying off everything. When I'm done, I'm buying rolls of silver dimes and putting them in the bank of Sharon. The only, uh, the old mason jars buried in the backyard don't look so stupid at me. Well, you may be on the right track. You may be on the right track. Uh, Luke, good morning. How are you? Uh, good. Yourself? I am well, thank you. Yeah, I just, on the uh, banking thing, or uh, a couple things quick. Um, so I, I had heard that part of the problem with that SV, what is B Bank? SVB? Was yeah. that they had done a, yeah, they did a lot of heavy investing last couple of years in that ESG, yep. ES, and lost, and lost pretty good on that. Um, you're right, they uh, did. And they and they were proud yeah, of it. Yeah, and then yeah, and see where that got everybody or got them and all their other people. And if uh, people aren't into preparedness and some gardening, this is a good reason to think on it. There's a thought on that too. You know, having some stuff put away, a little money, a little food, you know, in case your bank goes under because of anyway. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? The bank goes under, you'd still lose your house, wouldn't you? Even if you had it paid off. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? Stupidness. Yeah, like you all have been talking about all our tax, you know, the property taxes in Missouri and blah. Yeah, it's all uh, it's all a crap show, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that's one way of one way of describing it. All right, Luke. Thank thanks you, Fire. But yeah, thank you, and uh, yeah, I. Uh, all right. Yeah, Take, thanks, and I appreciate everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So I get this uh, this uh, message, Brian. It was uh, it was emailed to me at at, uh, at my Zimmer account, and it's from Rick Rowden, Caleb's father. Uh huh. And I'm not sure. Maybe he should go to uh, the sales department. Sales. Yeah. Let me advisory. Debates planned for municipal election candidates. Uh, and it's supposed to happen on March 13th. Uh, and uh, that's, that's today. A Monday. Yeah. And then again on uh, March 20th at 6.30 in the evening. It's going to be at the Bush Auditorium uh, in Cornell Hall uh, at 700 Tiger Avenue on the University of Missouri campus. And it says a bipartisan coalition of interested citizens from Columbia have come together 
to host two separate election forums that will promote debate between candidates seeking election in the Columbia City Council and the Columbia Public School Board in the April municipal elections. It'll take place at the Bush Auditorium, Cornell Hall, University of Missouri campus, first event uh, city council candidates on Monday, March 13th. It's today. Second event is for Columbia Public School Board candidates. That's Monday, March 20th. Both events starting at 6.30 in the evening. Uh, the follow uh, a hybrid forum debate format. Uh, debate night will be produced by Como Buzz, moderated by Como Buzz publisher Mike Murphy. Does he have to go to the sales department? Yeah, with here's this? what you do. Click uh, reply. Yeah. And say, sorry, but we will be unable to mention any of the details within this message. Please contact the sales. Zimmer sales department and then send. Yeah. I, yeah, I, that I, sounds like a sneaky way to try to get uh, information on the air that we certainly can't. Yeah, and then... They even go so far, I mean, to give you an idea of the hubris here, he goes so far as to point out free parking is available at nearby Turner Avenue <laughs> parking garage. Yeah. Yeah, we're not doing that. We'll put that in the ad. Yeah, we'll, we'll write that up. It's a little too late for you to put anything together for today's, uh, right, yeah. for tonight's debate at 6.30 um, at the Bush Auditorium in Cornell Hall. But we're not going to mention any of that stuff here. Yeah. So. Not getting past Not Brian Hansen. Uh -uh. He is like the steel trap. He is the guardian at the gate. All right. We, uh, we are up against the clock. we got to take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap it up on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 11.50. Glad to have you with us. Listen, uh, Glenn Beck is uh, coming up right behind us. He's going to have a lot more information uh, about this uh, bank collapse. And he's probably going to bring you a lot more information about the fiat currency uh, and uh, these uh, uh, banks uh, investing in, well, politically correct things like, you know, the governance, uh, ESG. Uh, he'll, he'll cover that. Sean Hannity will follow him. And then uh, you get my favorite talk show host, guy that I've been listening to for uh, about six, eight months now on uh, The Eagle. Uh, that's Randy Tobler. Uh, so, boy, we got all the great talkers right here. Congress eyes next step after dual bank failures. Uh, the story is at Axios. The second and third largest bank collapse in U.S. history coming in rapid succession are prompting a reckoning with Congress about the state of the U.S.'s financial system. Now, we told you earlier that Bernie Sanders is blaming Donald Trump and the Republicans. So it appears, based on what I'm reading at Axios, that the Democrats typed up a memo and sent it to all their Democrat members about what to say. Um, and, and so you now have all of the Democrats blaming Donald Trump. Josh Harder, Democrat, California, laid out the next steps for Congress monitoring the next 24 hours to ensure reopening of the two banks goes smoothly. But it's Donald Trump's fault. Um, Jake Oshenslaus, uh, Democrat Massachusetts, called for congressional hearings. Uh, but they're all singing from the same hymnal. It's Donald Trump's fault. No matter what goes wrong, it's Donald Trump's fault. He's a great fall guy, isn't he? Uh, you know, it's, it's terrific. Um, how can you possibly go wrong 
uh, when you've got a guy that uh, the media has vilified constantly. Never mind they had two years that they could have, you know, done something had they been paying attention to, you know, the banking industry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you can't, uh, you can't. But it has nothing to do with this no. administration. Huh? No, 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 nothing, nothing to do with Biden. Uh, nothing to do with no. Uh, can't, <laughs> the hell's the matter with you? You're <laughs> trying to blame them. <laughs> oh Lord, that is insane. Um, I wanted to get. To, uh, did I? Get, no, I didn't. I didn't touch on this. I wanted to get on this. Chuck Basie is uh, running uh, for the school board here in Boone County. And I've known Chuck now for, I don't know, maybe six years. Like, that's when I uh, first really got to know him. And I can't endorse him because I think the guy is just great, and I think he'd be a terrific addition uh, to the school board. If in April, when this election comes, if the conservatives motivate themselves... If everyone within the sound of my voice, who is truly a conservative, goes out and finds another conservative and gets them to vote in this election, the school board has a couple of choices. Chuck is one. To put a conservative voice on the school board. Now, he isn't going to be able to really turn things upside down. He won't have enough support. But here's what a guy like Basie would do if he was actually on the school board. He would actually be able to bring up the other side of the arguments that these leftist school board members never get to hear. He would expose them to common sense. There's another candidate out there, too. I think he uh, works for Veterans United who I think falls in the same category. I haven't researched him. I just know Basie uh, very well. You could have another voice heard. Right now, they're all singing the same song. They're all big government leftists on the school board. They don't get to hear the other side. They get to shut the other side down. They don't have to listen to anything else. It is, as I usually say, they, it is, it, they got their fingers in their ears, and they're going, no, 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 because they don't want to hear. They only want to hear what they believe. But it is possible, if you're a conservative, and you can vote in that election, go out and find another one, another conservative, and get them to vote. Get a try and motivate, you know, like a do you ever see that wave thing they do in the stadium? Well, we might be able to do that in this election and get a conservative voice to be heard. Just get them to be exposed to another, uh, an, another viewpoint because they're all. On the same page. Uh, Jay says, hey, Gary, WRT, the uh, <clears throat> the press, Biden, Senator Warren plan to tax the wealth. Uh, since there is no direct language in the Constitution on a wealth tax, I can't help but believe that an amendment is required. Uh, well, you've got the uh, Constitution saying you have the, the right 
uh, to levy taxes. Uh, let's see. Thanks for promoting the ad on tonight's debate. Please tell Hanson thanks also. Much appreciated. We didn't promote anything. We didn't promote a damn thing. I don't We're know not what talking about. That. No, I was that, listen, that, listening to the wrong station. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Marissa says what? I'm promoting the wrong guy. Marissa, welcome. How are you? Hey, good, Gary. How about yourself? I, too, am well. I'm promoting the wrong guy. Now, explain. Yes, I know. You're not promoting anyone. I would like to promote. It's not the John that works for Veterans United. We do not want him. That guy is way far left. Oh, and that's... And he thinks the 1619 Project is um, fact. So oh, we don't boy. want him. Yeah. We want the other John. We want John Potter. He's the other conservative in the race. John Potter. John okay. Potter is who we want to vote for. Chuck and John Potter. Because there's two Johns, not John Lyman, John Potter. John Potter. All right, I thought you were going to... Yep. I actually thought, Marissa, that you were going to call me up and tell me, you're promoting Chuck Basie, and that's the wrong guy. Uh, but <laughs> but no, you didn't... we want Chuck and John Potter. Yeah, either one or both. I mean, it'd be great to get so, them both. Oh, my God. It would be great if people only... There's Lost her. Oh, Marissa. I don't know what happened, but we... There, oh, she there is. you are. What did, what did you say? It would be great what? Marissa? Yeah, do you still have me there? Yeah, we lost you for a second, but you got to hurry up because I'm running out of time. Okay. I said it would be great to have both of them and just vote for two. There's three spots open, but we want to get those conservatives in. Just vote for John Potter and Chuck Basie. All right, Marissa, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I want to put this on the record. I did not endorse... Potter or Basie. I have not endorsed either one of them. And I will continue to not endorse them if they send me money every week. Uh, because everybody knows if I endorse a candidate, it's, uh, well, frankly, it's the kiss of death. Do uh, I get a cut of that money? No. You've been, no. Taking, you've been taking all the money from <laughs> listeners when they miss, and you haven't shared a darn thing with me. Glenn Beck is next. You want to stay tuned because he is going to cover this banking crisis. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show and whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby, honey, I'm coming home.